I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. Today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly sponsored by Hatched Antenatal. Hatched is one of New Zealand's leading providers of learning for mums and dads-to-be through in-person and online antenatal classes. Learn from Carmen Lett, a registered midwife, and other leading experts to ensure you make informed choices for your birthing experience and the early months of parenting. Whether you want to breastfeed or bottle feed, have a home birth or a caesarean section, Hatched Antenatal will help you prepare for the journey ahead. Find out more at hatchedantenatal.co.nz. A huge thank you to Carmen from Hatched for sponsoring this week's episode. I'm a big fan of their course, so I would love for you to go and check it out. I'll pop all of the information in the show notes. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Chloe. Chloe takes us through their journey to conceiving and their first pregnancy, which unfortunately ended in a miscarriage. Their second pregnancy... They found out at 12 weeks that she had a marginal cord insertion. She carried to full term and had a really awesome birth, but unfortunately suffered from some postpartum complications, which she takes us through. And then we talk about their breastfeeding journey and falling pregnant again, and then a really beautiful second healing birth where she just had the feeling of this is what birth is supposed to be like afterwards, which is so lovely. So I'm really looking forward to you hearing this episode. I'd love to see where you're listening, so take a screenshot and tag at Kiwi Birth Tales in your stories, and I will stop talking now. Let's jump into the episode. Hi, Chloe. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Okay. I'm Chloe. I'm 30 years old. I'm married to my husband, Glenn, who's also 30. Uh, we have two children, Greer, who's three, and Xavier, who is one. We've moved back to the Waikato in February this year after living in Christchurch for six years. Uh, we've moved back to the Waikato to be close to our family and have them grow up um, around their family. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And do you want to take us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys? Sure. Um, so it wasn't an easy ride in the beginning. Uh, we'd been married for a year and we decided that we would start trying for a family. Um, so after a year of trying and it not happening, uh, we were both starting to get pretty disheartened, probably me a little bit more so than mm. Glenn. Um, yeah, it really struggled with seeing pregnant women around all the time and just it not happening for us. And everyone's saying to you, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. and. Mm all those things that people say in good spirits, but <laughs> doesn't help. Um, 
but anyway yeah after a year we finally got pregnant we were very excited uh, did all the things had a six-week scan got an amazing midwife um, went to the scan all was okay had a heartbeat everything was happy and healthy um, then at nine weeks we were out for dinner one night in a nice restaurant and I started feeling quite sick and randomly fainted at the table mm. um, which was quite scary for Glenn <laughs> and but anyway yeah I thought the worst and but there was no bleeding or anything like that and I'd messaged my midwife and she said yeah no it could just be a drop in blood pressure or something like that so it was all okay so I thought right we've just got three more weeks to get to this public scan um went in all excited and for the lady to tell us that there was no heartbeat mm-hmm. so that was pretty disheartening and gutting to say the least um yeah. we found out that it was at around nine weeks that our baby had stopped growing so it must mm. have been around that event um but yeah we went to the hospital a couple of days later and booked in a a dnc um but then so i think that was on a friday and we were due to go in on the tuesday but that my body decided to start doing things naturally on the sunday um yeah so went to the hospital and ended up having an emergency dnc was that so that wasn't the greatest start to our journey but um these things happen so we weren't that in that much of a hurry to get pregnant again after all that happened it hit us both quite hard um but six months later we did get pregnant um we'd been quite distracted by looking at buying a house and on the day that we were due to go unconditional on the house we had an offer on we um did the pregnancy test and we were (laughs) pregnant so that was a very exciting day um, for us. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And how were you feeling, I guess, initially getting that positive um, pregnancy test after a miscarriage? And I guess, yeah, how did you process those initial emotions? Um, yeah. Obviously, first of all, was very excited. Um, but certainly those nerves kicked in straight away. Yeah. Um, something that you just, yeah, you can't really relax until you kind of get past that stage where you were at with the first pregnancy. Um, yeah, it was, I was tried to keep positive and just hope that it was going to be all okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted the same midwife that we'd had with the previous baby and her name was Cree. She was super lovely um, and really supportive of um what we were going through and gave me an extra scan between the six and the 12 week mark um so that really helped having her support yeah so we told um my mum and a few other close family members but definitely not as many people as what we told the first time yeah Um, yeah including my boss and yeah yeah fair enough and um did you have many early symptoms with this pregnancy how were you sort of feeling over the next few weeks yeah so I had a really strong sense of smell I think that was kind of one of the big ones um when there was a shout on at work I was the first one to know about it even though I sat quite far from the from the tea room um yeah and just slight nausea but nothing major 
in just a real kind of tired feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing too bad. So I consider myself quite lucky yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Awesome. And what about the rest of your pregnancy? Did you do the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and did you find out the sex? Yep. So we did all the tests. Um, we most definitely found out the sex because I could not wait <laughs> and was very excited to be having a girl. Um, yeah, and Glenn was really excited too. Um, my midwife recommended that I do the two-hour diabetes test as opposed yep. to the one-hour. She said that was she finds it to be more efficient. Um, and if you were to come across a problem in the first, you know, in the one-hour test, and you won't have, you'd have to go back and get it again, whereas if you do the two-hour, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was fine. And what else was there? There was the I had a marginal cord insertion. Oh yeah. Um, so they midwife just said to keep an eye on that, um, and that I could have a scan later on in the pregnancy to see if there was going to be any problems, which there wasn't. So yeah. And did they find that yeah, marginal had... cord insertion at twenty weeks or? Uh, I think it was the 12 weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. It may have been the 20. I can't quite remember. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And did you do any antenatal classes or anything like that in the lead up to your birth? Yes, we did. So we went through the parent centre. Um, we also had a student midwife on our journey who was really lovely. Um, she was in her first year and she came with us to our antenatal classes. Um, I'd highly recommend doing antenatal classes to anybody um, have made some amazing friends out of that group um, and yeah awesome support um, for when you're all going through it all at the same time yeah yeah awesome cool and did you have many thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go or much of a birth plan or any thoughts there um, yeah I had a fair idea that I wanted to have a water birth um, I love having baths and I just feel yeah quite relaxed in the water so I would hope that the water would help me with my labour as well Um, I also wanted to be in a birthing unit as opposed to the hospital and I wanted to go pain free if I could, Um, pain free obviously that's not going to (laughs) happen drug drug free (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, really like a yeah Um, so yeah drug free if I could, I was open to the idea you know obviously if anything needed to happen then it would have to happen but that was my plan as such yeah Um, yeah awesome cool and um, did you do anything sort of in preparation for birth or postpartum like antenatal expressing or perennial massage or anything like that um so I had raspberry leaf tea in those last few weeks um I also did um like pregnancy swimming so there's a class in Christchurch at Burwood Hospital which is absolutely amazing um to go and yeah, you do a little, it's not really a workout, but it's more of just a relaxing kind of yeah. swim that you do. And right. um, that really helped with the feeling, you know, weightless. And mm. so I did that. And I did take Elevit throughout the pregnancy, but I don't really think that's essential <laughs> now looking back at it. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did you have a name picked out for your baby before you went into labor? 
we absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had, yeah, I had this name right from uh, a long time, even before we started to decide to have a family. Yeah. So, yeah, and there was no real meaning to it, but I just really liked it, and it wasn't super common, but not weird at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, very yeah. cool. And did your labour end up starting spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that, how far along you were and what that was like? Yep, so I was 39 and 4, um, and it was a Sunday, and we had a nice chilled-out day. Um, Glenn watched Bathurst all day, so I stayed in my pyjamas and just completely <laughs> had a chilled day. Um, that evening, we decided to try one of the old wives' tales that suggested to couples to bring on the baby. <laughs> um, and half an hour later... I was starting to feel some weird pains and I thought, hmm. So my midwife was actually in Australia at the time because she was adamant that I was going to birth um, late because Mm -hmm. she just had it in her head that, no, you're going to go over. And she said she even considered me and when she booked her flights that, (laughs) no, no, I won't be having my baby then. But anyway, so I had a backup midwife who um, I called and kind of had a chat to her about what was going on and she said oh it could be also couldn't be like just see what happens um that was around eight o'clock at night so we just kind of rode it out from there and things did start to progress a bit more yeah awesome and do you want to take us through um I guess the rest of your labor and then into your birth story yep so yeah I once those pains started to kind of ramp up a little bit um my husband had actually been offered a job <laughs> a few days before that and we were writing his resignation letter <laughs> during my labour. <laughs> so he's asking me how to spell words and I'm saying, just hang on a moment, I just need to breathe through this contraction while bouncing on the ball. So that was quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, and then we decided that, right, we'll go to bed and try and get some sleep because that's what everyone tells you to do. Um so yeah, I went to bed and then all of a sudden woke up a few hours later and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> things are starting to ramp up. Um, woke Glenn up and started pacing around a bit. <laughs> um, they were, yeah, they were manageable, but certainly it was definitely labor. I knew that much. Um, so he rang the midwife and she said oh let me listen to one of Chloe's contractions and I'll decide kind of where she's at (laughs) and she said to him right okay I think you need to get in the car and get (laughs) Chloe in the car and meet me out at the birthing unit um it was a 15 20 minute drive so yeah I remember just sitting there and Glenn waiting at the door saying come on we've really got to go (laughs) and I just couldn't make myself get Mm. up to go into the car because just didn't want to go into that sitting position um I found the rocking position a lot like more soothing for me um so yeah I got into the car and that was awful yeah (laughs) drive that drive I just remember it being it felt so long and Glenn was going slow and I was like would you just hurry up (laughs) you can speed like I'm in labor and he's like oh but it's raining I was like I don't care um yeah so that was what seemed like a long time getting to the birthing unit. But, yeah, so we got there, uh, I think it was around 1 o'clock in the morning, 
maybe a bit later, two o'clock, um, and went into the room and the the room was all set up lovely. It's really beautiful out at Rangiura birthing unit. Um, so we had the nice room booked with the pool and the midwife there just asked me if I wanted any pain relief of any kind. Um, so I opted for the gas because I thought that would help, which it did and kind of just bounced on the ball for a bit. Um, and then the backup midwife arrived and she asked if I'd like to hop into the pool and kind of had a look at where things were going. Hopped in the pool and the first thing they said was, I don't want the gas anymore. Something in me decided that I didn't want yeah. It didn't feel the same, like it wasn't giving me that same relief as what being in the water was. Um, so, yeah, I laboured for three hours in the pool, just kind of changing positions. And then I got into one position that I decided that that was going to be it and I wasn't moving anymore. <laughs> um, and then we kind of got to 6.30 in the morning and I remember hearing a lady in the next room coming in kind of I could definitely tell she was in labor and she had her baby before I did and that really gutted me (laughs) and yeah the midwife said to me right I'm going to go out and tell the um, midwives at the unit what's you know give them an update because they were swapping shifts basically as soon as I as she left the room I decided that I was going to change positions like she kept suggesting and Glenn was there and he was like, oh, my God, I can see the head. <laughs> so he he freaked <laughs> out and rang the bell and she, she came back in and he was like, oh, my God, the head's coming out. And she said, okay, well, that's fine. You can, you know, put your hands here and you can bring the baby into the world kind of thing, um, which he was a little bit freaked out by. But anyway, it happened <laughs> and he, yeah, helped her. Out into the hmm. into the pool, which was really cool. Um, yeah, so far, I just remember all the different stages kind of going through when they say to you that once you say, I can't do mm. it anymore, that's when that's going to happen. Um, yeah, and that absolutely happened for me. Um, yeah, so we had nice skin to skin and... My mum was actually on in the outside of the room. I wanted her there, but I didn't want her in the room. <laughs> but as soon as as soon as yeah, Greer arrived, I wanted her there. I just felt that presence, and so that was really cool that she was able to come yeah. in. She said she could hear me from the outside, and she just felt really, you know, she said that she fainted as well <laughs> on the outside just from hearing me in so much pain, but. It was interesting. Um, yeah, so she came in. It was really nice. We had some skin to skin and we FaceTimed my dad and stepmom and a couple of other family members, which was special because they were all up in the North yeah. Island. Um, yeah, and then so Greer was still attached to cord. Um, and then my mum happened to mention that she thought there was a lot of blood in the pool. And the midwife kind of said, oh, no, it's okay. It's pretty normal. And then I started to feel quite unwell in the pool. So I'm pretty sure that's when they cut the cord and kind of hurried things along a little bit. Um, Because I'd had 
the quite heavy bleed with my miscarriage. It was all in my notes there that, you know, just to keep an eye on things. Um, but I ended up fainting in the pool again, like I was mm. fainting. Um, yeah, so I fainted in the pool and that really wasn't ideal because obviously to try and get me out and all the other things. So then it kind of took a turn for the worse. Um, they managed to get me out and put me up on the bed and kind of looked at what was going on. And I was in a heap of pain um, and they worked out that my placenta was actually oh. stuck. So I was having the contractions to get it out, but it was stuck and it couldn't come out. So um, I would almost say that those contractions mm. were worse than the actual la- labor yeah. contractions. Um, so basically your body's telling it to do yeah. something, but it's, you know, your body, it can't do it. Um, so then the midwife rang our, um, rang through to the hospital to get an ambulance to get me to the hospital to get things sorted. Um, yeah, along with the heavy bleed and the placenta. So got to hospital and they said that they were going to give me an epidural to get the placenta out. But because I was in so much pain and Glenn really advocated for me that it probably would be best that I um, had a general anaesthetic and go into surgery to get that sorted. Which we did, which happened. Um, my student midwife, I'll just back up a little bit, my student midwife's phone was on do not disturb. <laughs> so we'd rung her at the start of the labour, but she didn't get our calls. <laughs> so she woke up in the morning to all these missed calls and kind of was like, oh, crap. But anyway, so she, she came from the birthing unit to the hospital and she was there with us. And when I went in for the surgery, she was able to come in they asked her if she wanted to come in, so she was there by my side the whole time, which was really lovely. Um, and she had written some notes for me, kind of what with what had happened, because obviously we had no idea. So she'd written that the surgeon had quite a significant, it took quite a significant time getting the placenta out, but was able to get it all out. Um, yeah, so that was quite a rough, <laughs> rough yeah. end to such a beautiful yeah. birth. Um, yeah, so then I went into recovery and Emily, the student midwife, got Glenn and Greer in and was able to get Greer to have her first feed. Um, yeah, so she's got the notes here that she latched really well and had a 50-minute feed while I was in recovery, um, which was really cool. And then we were transferred up into our own room just to kind of recover, but um, had all sorts of tests and, and yeah. that kind of thing um, and ended up having to have two blood transfusions. Mm. So the blood loss was yeah. pretty intense. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we got through and ended up having to stay in hospital for, I think it was three days, but I was still really hopeful that we would get out yeah. to the birthing unit again and that I would get to recover out there. Um, but that didn't get yeah. to happen yeah <laughs> much but but yeah um, the staff at the hospital were really lovely and really looked after us so yeah 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 that was awesome cool and how did you find I guess going home and obviously it's such a huge adjustment taking your um baby home and you're this new little family so yeah how did you find I guess those first few weeks and did you experience any of the baby blues or notice those sorts of hormonal shifts we 
I was actually surprisingly in really good spirits. Um, I remember going home in the car ride home and we stopped in at the supermarket to get all the treats and all the nice food. Um, and I remember just walking around the supermarket in this big haze that, you know, oh my God, this is our little baby and everyone look at our baby. Like <laughs> it was really bizarre. Um, and then, yeah, got home and I had a really supportive family friend that had been with us the whole journey. And I remember going to sit down with Korea on the couch and I was like, oh, this real weird feeling came over me and my milk came in. <laughs> and it was really intense yeah. feeling of my milk coming in. Um, and we had other family there at the time too and I was quite embarrassed, like, oh, you know, you don't want to feed in front of everybody and then this happened. So that was really interesting. Um but yeah, I was in really good spirits and was really thankful for Glenn being really supportive um, up in those night feeds. And um, yeah, we actually went for a walk down to a, um, the coffee shop. It was about a K away a couple of days after we got home. Much to my midwife's disgust, she was like, oh my God, I can't believe you walked that far. But I just, I just felt really good. Like, um, yeah, mentally and physically, the recovery was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I didn't really experience any baby blues, not initially in those first few weeks. Um, yeah, it was yeah. really good. Awesome. Recovery. Cool. And I guess what about, um, your mental recovery from birth? So, um, quite a traumatic thing to happen, I guess, after, like you said, a really, really nice birth. So how did you find processing that experience over the next little while? Yeah, I think it took yeah quite a while um mm -hmm. to get over that but I think more so for yeah. Glenn because he had experienced it all you know I was kind of yeah. not really with it but he was so um we had some good chats about it all and he yeah was quite mm -hmm. taken back by it all to the point where he's like nah we're not having any more kids yeah. like <laughs> I'm not yeah. going through that again which was understandable um but that was all in the early days but yeah, I recovered well, and I think it was just talking um, with different people about it all, and um, the backup midwife did actually come for a postnatal visit, just to kind of discuss things, because I feel that we mm. got off on the wrong foot a little bit with how everything went, um, which did help discussing yeah. it with her, um, but my, like my actual midwife was really amazing too with going through it all and went through the notes and kind of explained how things happened and why things happened um which really helped so, yeah yeah awesome and do you want to take us through how you found um breastfeeding and what that journey was like after the first couple of weeks yeah so yeah like I said in the hospital it went really smoothly um obviously the hiccups of <laughs> learning how to do it you just really don't know <laughs> how intense it really is and how many things to know and yeah, so going back home, it was like, wow, <laughs> now I've got to do this all on my own. Um, again, I was really thankful that Glenn was super supportive and kind of each time I latched, he would be there, kind of reminded me of the things that the midwives had told us in the hospital. Um, the first couple of weeks went really well and then I started, I got a really yeah. sore nipple um, and I would really, to the point where I just didn't want to feed on that side because it was just so painful. And Glenn would make me count to 10 before mm. <laughs> I'd latch her on, just deep breaths and, you know, you can do this. And 
Um, and then my student midwife suggested to me that to go to a breastfeeding yeah. support group out at the birthing unit where I'd been. Um, there's quite a few of them in Christchurch, though. Um, so, yeah, I went there and the lactation consultant was amazing and we just tweaked a couple of things and from there on in, it was great. It just made the world of difference and I remember Glenn coming home from work and he was like, he, I agree with Drew for a feed and went to put her on and he kind of come over like, oh, you know, <laughs> here comes the big wave of emotions. But And he was like, oh, oh you're <laughs> fine, like... I said, yeah, the, the lactation consultant had been really amazing and I'd highly recommend um, if you've got that in your area to go and get that support because um, they, yeah, they're really amazing in what they do and don't, you know, you don't feel judged or yeah, anything like that. So, yeah, I would highly recommend going yeah, to awesome. something like that. Um, so, yeah, we went on to have a... 15-month feeding yeah. journey, which was awesome. I, ne- I never thought she'd <laughs> wean, but she did. <laughs> she did it in her own time. So, yeah, it was a really positive breastfeeding yeah. journey for awesome. us. Cool. And do you want to talk us through, um, I guess, yeah, falling pregnant the second time round and what that journey was like? And um, is that why Greer ended up weaning or was it a little bit later? Yep, so um, she weaned in the January and I was actually helping out with some antenatal classes for the parent centre in that same month um, and seeing all the mums mm-hmm. with their bumps and stuff. I obviously got quite clucky. <laughs> um, and by then, Glenn and I had you know, a bit more of a chat around what if we were going to have another baby or what have you and we decided, yep, okay, well, give it a go but it'll probably take some time obviously with our first you know journey um so yeah we just that was it I decided to go off the mini pill um and the next <laughs> month we were pregnant <laughs> so that was that was a massive shock um and I couldn't believe that <laughs> we were going to have us quite a well it was two years one month age gap we were more thinking that it would be, you know, over to <laughs> quite far into when Greer was, yeah. after Greer was two kind of thing. But, yeah, so that was quite a shock in the beginning. And I, Glenn was working away at the time, and I remember ringing him in the middle of, well, FaceTiming him in the middle of the day. <laughs> and he was going on about how stressed he was about this concrete pour. And I just put the pregnancy test <laughs> up to the screen. <laughs> And it took him a little while, and he was, and he was like, "Oh, so the concrete <laughs> pause the least of my worries right now." Um, but yeah, also really excited as well. But it took us both a while yeah. to get our head around it all, how fast it had happened. Um, but yeah, super yeah. grateful at the yeah. same time. Awesome. And how were you feeling in this yeah. pregnancy? Was it much different to Greer's pregnancy? And did you have any different symptoms? Um, not really. I think. The same thing with the sense of smell yeah. was massive again. I had a diffuser in the kitchen that I really liked and all of a sudden that smelled disgusting and I had to get rid of that. Um, it was, yeah, with the tiredness it was a lot harder having to yeah. chase a toddler around. Um, but, yeah, and then when I contacted my midwife, well, she knew beforehand she was pregnant at the time, so I wasn't able to have her again, which was a bit of a shame, but totally understood um so she suggested another amazing midwife who 
was great, absolutely great. So yeah, the pre it was it was smooth again and didn't really have any issues apart from just really needing that nap in the middle of the day when Greer was having her nap. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was fine. I had a bit of swelling in the end of my pregnancy with Greer, but it didn't have any swelling with this one. So yeah, um, yeah. awesome, cool. And did you do the same testing um, in this pregnancy and find out the sex again? Yes, we definitely found out the sex again. Um, I was so adamant that I was having another girl. There was the yeah. across my mind that we were having a boy. Um, so went to the scan and we got the scan lady to write write it down on a card and then we went down and had a coffee afterwards um and I remember opening the card and <laughs> it said boy we we're like holy crap so excited but also like wow yeah. it just really didn't see that coming um my best friend from antenatal class had was also pregnant again which was really cool so we'd had our two old ones a day apart and then we yeah closely pregnant again the second time around and she'd found out she was having a girl so I'd said to her well if I'm having a boy then we can just straight swap all <laughs> yeah. our clothes and it'll be all fine <laughs> so yeah that's exactly what happened um, yeah. which was really cool awesome very cool and did you have a name um picked out this time around too no, we didn't really. Um, I quite I really struggled with boys' names because I was just so adamant <laughs> yeah. having another girl, which sounds really awful. But um, I was definitely not disappointed to have a boy, but I just yeah. didn't expect to have one. But yeah, we had a few sh- little um, a sh- little short list, and Glenn come home one day and said, "Yep, that one all that's the name that you know I think will fit." So yeah, we yeah. had that all picked awesome. out. Um, I did the pregnancy swimming again, not as many classes as I yeah. had done the previous time, but did get to go for a couple um, just before the end there, which was really nice. Awesome. Cool. And what about your, um, I guess, plan for birth this time around? Were you hoping to have a water birth again? And did you have to do much in terms of managing a postpartum bleed? Um, so yeah, right from the beginning, the midwife had said, I'm really sorry, but you can't go to a birthing unit again. And they'd told us that after I birthed last time as well. So it had to be a hospital birth, which I was quite, not disappointed, Mm. but quite nervous about. Um, I don't know why I just didn't really want to birth in the hospital, but knew it had to happen. So I had to get my head around it. Um, but the mid, I said to my wife, like, am I still able to have a water birth in this situation? And she'd said that the hospital probably won't like that, but she could make it happen for me, which was really nice because she said I'd, I'd have to have an IV in my arm just kind of ready um, in preparation for if anything was to happen. Um, so, yeah, I was hoping to have the water birth in the hospital then transfer out to the birthing unit if I could. Um the midwife had also said that I'd have to have an injection after the birth to get the placenta yeah. out faster and kind of really act- actively manage that side of things. Um, yeah, with the birth and the placenta, uh, the bl- blood yeah. loss and the placenta. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of our plan and really hoped that it would work out that way that I could get back out to Ringura to kind of yeah. have that healing yeah. experience from the last yeah. birth. Awesome. And do you want to take us through your labour starting and how far along you were and then into your birth story? Yep. So basically when I got to 39 
plus five, which is what I was with Greer, I was like, right, today's the day, it's going to happen. <laughs> this is what happened last time. Um, and then, yeah, basically that didn't happen. <laughs> so it was kind of the the reminder right in the beginning of <laughs> yeah. you can't compare the two, you know, the two children or the two births. Um, so we got to 40 plus one and my midwife offered me a stretch and sweep which I decided that we'd go ahead. Um, definitely had some niggles after that and was like, yeah, it's going to happen because it was some real kind of twingy pains and all felt a bit familiar. But they kind of buttoned off and then didn't really come into anything. And then at 40 plus three, I went and seen her again and we decided to do another stretch and sweep. And she said to me that you're basically, you know, your cervix is good to go and you're gonna you're gonna have this baby pretty soon um and that yeah she could basically pop my waters if she wanted to but she didn't um so yeah after that I remember going I had Greer with me and I remember going home and mum had actually taken the day off work because she said that something in her was like no I need to be I want to be up there this is getting too close now <laughs> um she lived in Ashburton mm-hmm. so it was a good hour away so she decided to come up for the day and once she arrived, which was around lunchtime, it was like my body was like, okay, mum's here now to be with Greer, so, you know, we can do this. So I went into early labour around then, started having these contractions and started timing them and they were a decent way apart and I could still kind of talk through them, but I knew it was in the early stages. Um they ramped up a bit, so I rang Glenn and he came home, all amped, ready to, you know, <laughs> get going again. Um, so I had those early contractions for, I think it was about three or four hours. And um, then all of a sudden they just disappeared. <laughs> and that was quite gutting after going yeah. through all of that. Um it was the day before show day down in Christchurch and my midwife and I had talked about a midwife sprue. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Um, that quite a few of her ladies had been taking and having quite good success in going into labour after having this midwife sprue. So there was a few ingredients in it that we probably, or there was one particular ingredient in it that we wouldn't have been able to get um, yeah. at just any shop. <laughs> Um, which was the lemon verbena tea. So Glenn went out to get that um, just in case we, you know, wanted to take it over, if I wanted to take it over the weekend to get things moving if they hadn't on their own. Um, So, yeah, he went out to get that and, like I said, it all buttoned off. So I was quite gutted. Mum was quite gutted. went for a walk did some curb walking and all of that and nothing really was happening so I rang my midwife and she said look in the mindset that you're in do you want to get things moving or do you just want to leave it and let things be and I said well I think I want to get things moving (laughs) so she said to take the midwife's bro and just see what happens um which I did at quarter past seven at night and um it tasted mm-hmm. yuck, but not too bad. Not as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Um, and, yeah, I didn't really feel any difference. So by 9 o'clock, I was like, oh, bugger this. I might as well go and get some sleep and um, 
have some rest. Um, 12.30 at night, I woke up to a really, really intense pain. I was like, wow, that was intense. And so I woke Glenn up and I said, okay, I think things are starting to get going. And then real quickly after that, another one happened. Super intense again. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, when I woke mum up and she was all excited and I remember saying to her, you're a really smart woman <laughs> for just having one baby. <laughs> and that was, yeah, because these contractions were next level. Um, and she's saying, oh, we need to ring the midwife. I was like, no, it'll be a good hour or so before, you know, before we get going. So once again, yeah. I was comparing it to my first birth. Um, so Glenn did dis- the next contraction I was like nah you need to bring the midwife so he did and she said to him right get in the car we need to get to the hospital real quick so that was a really <laughs> interesting journey <laughs> it, was, it was only a 10 minute drive but that was the fastest drive <laughs> I think we've ever been through on a Friday night or early hours of Friday morning um, yeah I just remember doing like <laughs> 90 kilometres <laughs> into the city and we were coming along on uh, people from Christchurch on Papanui Road outside McDonald's and I announced to Glenn that I really need to push <laughs> and he said no you can't push and he put his hand down there like no this baby's not coming out in the car um so we got to the hospital eventually um and got whipped up to the birthing suite and I remember being wheeled into the room and I couldn't see the pool um, and my midwife wasn't there yet and I said where's the pool and they said um, we'll just see where you're at and then we'll <laughs> go from there and then the next contraction came and I was like oh my god like this is really happening fast and got onto the bed and the midwife checked yeah. me and I was fully dilated so <laughs> we, we were pretty close to getting things into action um yeah but it was really short time so I think we got to the hospital at one o'clock and our little boy was born at 120 so that all in all that was basically a 50 minute labor (laughs) so yeah not counting that early labor that kind of fizzled out during the day um so super intense but by the end of it I was quite grateful (laughs) that it had happened that fast in the way that it did um the midwife walked in the room as we just as I got that last push out (laughs) so that was yeah she was gutted that she missed it but she was there right at the right time um so once he was out uh, we were all quite shocked he was actually nine pounds seven and 56 centimeters which was quite big compared (laughs) to our little seven pound five girl (laughs) um I didn't feel that I was carrying any differently either with the two I really yeah. didn't feel that he was that much bigger. Um, but yeah, basically, as soon as he came out, we did skin to skin again, and um, yeah. I had to have the injection straight away for the placenta to try and get that out. And I guess my levels of um, adrenaline were still quite high because I was kind of expecting something to go wrong. Just, yeah, with the bleed, yeah. I was like, it's not going to happen. But yeah, I got the placenta out, no worries. Um, and then as soon as that happened, I was like, right, something else is going to go wrong. Like I just had this really yeah. bad mindset that <laughs> something was going to happen, but it didn't. And it was amazing. And um, yeah. Yeah, I got the Milo and the toast that everybody talks about. 
Um, and then, yeah, just sat and chatted for a bit and had the, the most amazing shower yeah. that everyone else also talks about. I thought, wow, this is all, you know, this is what birth is yeah. actually meant to be about. Um, and then I thought, oh, the next thing will go wrong. I won't be able to go out to the birthing unit. But we did, and we went out, and, yeah, it was it was the healing yeah. birth that I'd really hoped for and felt really at peace after having, yeah, a really nice birth yeah. after the yeah. first time. Awesome. And how did you go in the birthing unit yeah. with um, – latching him on and yeah what was your breastfeeding journey like this time yeah so with Xavier um he did get to feed basically not long after he came out um in the hospital which was really good he latched on straight away like a natural and basically didn't come off my boob <laughs> yeah. for the first two weeks <laughs> he was a very hungry big boy um which was yeah quite a different experience and it was weird again to kind of learn feeding a newborn as opposed to you know the later stages of feeding Greer um I still needed quite a bit of support in the birthing unit was feeding but we got there um in the end and yeah it's been a pretty smooth journey um I'm still feeding him now after just over one year um we have had bumps in the road though where I've kind of thought well is this really (laughs) you know, um, what's right for him. And I think he had a bit of tummy issues Mm. that we never really got diagnosed. But, um, yeah, they kind of resolved themselves in the end. But he was a very different baby to his sister. Yeah, and how did you find um, the physical recovery from birth this time around? Um, Yeah, they all went really fine as well. I was very lucky. Um, Yeah, it was all great. I remember the first kind of week at home was really nice, um, having Glenn at home to kind of adjust back into home life with a toddler and a baby. Um, (laughs) It was intense. (laughs) I'm not going to lie about that. But, um, yeah, and then after he went back to work, it was quite hard. We were trying to juggle it all. um, But, yeah, we muddled through. Um, Yeah. And it was kind of around that time that we decided that we were going to go back to the North Island to have um, yeah. more family support. And Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Cool. And is there anything else that you'd like yeah. to share in regards to this um, birth story or postpartum journey? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, like I said, I just felt really thankful that that second yeah. birth was really healing and yeah. I feel really complete now in my journey. We're not going to have any more children. We're feeling, yeah, very thankful that yeah. we've got our little girl and a little boy. Um, but, yeah, the birth side of things is actually really interested me and I'm hoping to uh, do yeah. some study into childbirth education. Maybe do yeah, awesome. to be an antenatal teacher. I don't quite like the medical side of things, but I quite like, yeah, I'm really interested in the birth and yeah. breastfeeding and all that kind of stuff, so. Hopefully, maybe next yeah. year or the year after cool. we'll get into that. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Chloe, for coming yeah. on the podcast and sharing your stories with us. I think it's been really lovely in particular to hear about um, your second really healing experience. It's just, yeah, it's so nice that you had that experience a second time around. So I really appreciate you sharing with us. Cool. No worries. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you enjoyed it. 
I would absolutely love it if you could leave me a review and a star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if they have that option on however you are listening to this podcast today. I can't wait to bring you next week's episode and another special thank you to Hatched for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Talk soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.